0: It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fin
2: side. It ain't the left Thank
1: side. Thank you, Zolo D, and right welcome side. to another episode of On the Finn Side. Amidst the Dolphins' four-game winning streak, we are playing the St. Louis Rams, or excuse me, the St. Louis Rams, the L.A. Rams this weekend. I live in St. Louis, so I should know better on that. The the L.A. Rams against the Miami Dolphins this weekend, teams trending in the opposite direction. The Dolphins have won four games in a row. The Rams have lost four of their last five with a win, 9-6, against our beloved New York Jets last week. Uh, before we begin, uh, Paul and I extend a heavy heart out to Isaiah Pede, who got into a one-car one accident this past week. And the latest news is that he has lost his leg, uh, or part of his leg, excuse me. Paul, what else can you
3: say? Dude, it's it's absolutely devastating. I mean, the, the kid was really having a bit of a resurgence, even though Miami let him go. He, he did look like somebody that was going to catch on somewhere and and really do well. And, and now, God, you know, heart goes out to him. He goes out to his family. He's got a long recovery out of him from the sound of it. And best wishes to him. I, I, I really hope that uh, he's able to find something.
1: Yeah, and when you look at it, it's, it's strange the Dolphins and Rams are playing this week. Uh, the only two teams that Isaiah Peters has played on in his career are the Rams and the Dolphins. So our heavy hearts go out to him. Uh, looking at this, looking at this matchup, Paul, this weekend. First of all, I've got to say, living here in St. Louis, the only because the Dolphins are in the AFC and the Rams are in the NFC, they only play one time every eight years at the Rams location. It was supposed to be in St. Louis this year. And then the Rams moved to LA here in 2016. So from everyone here in St. Louis and for the, as a dolphins fan this weekend, we wish them the absolute worst. We hope the dolphins come out with a victory. Looking at the injury report, Robert Quinn hospitalized this past week, the Rams big star on their, on their defensive line, along with Aaron Donald and the other defensive end, Eugene Sims, who, who's, who's been an impactful player for them over the last couple of years, uh, is in the concussion protocol. So you've got Robert Quinn at the defensive end spot who who may not play this weekend. How big of an impact is that going to make?
3: Uh, it's pretty huge. I mean, I know the Rams are supposed to have one of the best defensive lines in football, but I mean, they're ranked what 17th, I think against the run eighth against the pass right now. They've only got you know, a, a pretty low total sack total at the moment, and losing Quinn will be even bigger in that respect. If Urbic, Bushrod, and Pouncey can control uh, Donald in the middle, I'm not too worried about their defensive line. They're a team in shambles, and Jay Ajayi's shown he can really tear through some pretty good defensive lines right now. So, hey, if they're without Quinn, yeah. all the more power to them. Uh, Miami's going to be running a lot, I think, with Goff taking his first set of snaps under center for the offense, for the Rams.
1: Without question, Jay Ajayi has run against better run defenses the last two weeks in in the Chargers and the Jets. The Rams' run defense not quite as stout, but I'll tell you what: Aaron Donald at that defensive tackle spot may be the best defensive player in the game right now. Uh, He constantly ranks number one in Pro Football Focus rankings. a five sacks already this year had 10 last year as far as i'm concerned when jj watt got injured for the year aaron donald became the best defensive player in the game so the dolphins have a big task ahead of them this week against them but in terms of the run defense as a whole no i mean i i think that uh, the rams run defense is significantly worse than uh the, than the chargers uh, and the jets over the last couple weeks looking at looking at their pass defense not all that impressive either. I mean, you, the last five weeks for the Rams, they've only recorded one interception. Uh, they they have five interceptions on the year. Three of them came in one game in week four against the Arizona Cardinals. So it, you've got Devontae Parker, Kenny Stills, and Jarvis Landry at the wide receiver position. Look like they're healthy this coming week,
3: Paul. Yeah, completely. I, I, I really expect a lot of out of them, and I really expect to see Marquise Gray emerge a little bit. And I think we'll see Deion Sims get a little more time out there this week as he's getting further and further out of the concussion protocol now. So it's Miami's got a lot of weapons in that passing game. And then you can't overlook Damian Williams coming out of that backfield. Past two weeks, I think he's got a receiving touchdown, a couple of rushing touchdowns, and, and he can really change that pace up with his handful of touches a game. So there's a lot I think Miami can do against his defense. And I think they're gonna get a lot of opportunity with the fact that Goff is starting and they have such a putrid offensive line out there in L. A.,
1: yeah, and and that's the big news in this coming game here. Jared Goff, the number one over number one overall pick of the NFL draft, will make his first career start. I, I got to tell you, Paul, <laughs> I think it's a bad week to do it. I mean, you look at last week against the Jets, a, a, a team that yeah they've got a pretty strong defensive line, but not a lot of edge rushers. I mean, to me, it makes more sense if you put them in a, if you put them in a game where there's not a lot of pass rushing presence on, on the defensive side of the ball and the dolphins have been on fire rushing the passer over the last couple of weeks.
3: Oh, absolutely. It's Miami. Miami may not have the ridiculously high sack totals in those games, but don't let that fool you. It's Phillip rivers, Ben Roethlisberger, Fitzpatrick, Phillip, I mean, all of them, they've been on the ground getting batter every play, it seems like. And you're going to take those guys who have some decent offensive lines and look at that and go, you know what? I think with our putrid offensive line, this is a time to throw our rookie quarterback to the wolves, um, especially since we can't even get a running game going to take the pressure off of them, even though we probably have one of the best backs in the game if we had anybody blocking in front of them. So I just I expect this to be an absolute bloodbath for Goff, and if if he doesn't turn into a chuck and duck by halftime, I'm going to be shocked.
1: Really, the only explosive weapon the Rams have had on offense this year is wide receiver Kenny Britt, 693 yards in these nine games this year. A guy I'm not going to mention is Todd Gurley. You look at Todd Gurley, after his first four starts last year, where he had 140-plus yards rushing in those starts, In the last, what, 16 or 17 games, I I did the math this past week uh, at about halftime of the Rams game, Todd Gurley's averaging about 3.35 yards a carry. He has not done a whole heck of a lot, and I've got to say to everybody, I told you so with Todd Gurley to this point because I did not think he was an elite talent as he was being uh, prompted up to be when the Rams took him at number 10 overall. I really, really hope I don't come
3: back to eat those words. Yeah, and one while we're talking numbers and, and and math, et cetera, an interesting one, and I can't believe I'm saying this as a realm of possibility, given LA's struggles against the run, um, and given the fact that Ajayi's already rushed for 200-plus twice this year, if Ajayi runs for, I believe it's 204 yards in this game, which is within the realm of possibility, especially if Goff turns into a chuck and duck and Miami's got the ball a hell of a lot, he will hit a thousand yards for the season already which is insane to me i expect to see him hit it over the next two weeks but there is that remote possibility he could potentially hit it this week how crazy is that to say this early in the season given the fact that he wasn't the starter he was inactive week one and and really he's got about a half season under his belt so far
1: yeah Jay, jay on the season 127 carries 725 yards uh Total seven hundred ninety-four yards. And keep in mind too that up until the Pittsburgh game, how many yards did he have on the year? Ninety, ninety-five total. Um, I, if if you show me if there's a better running back in the NFL right now than Jay Ajay, I, I I'd like to see him. Um, you know, he going up against the Jets and the Chargers over the last two weeks to still come out of those games with uh, a very tough hundred and eighty yards rushing uh, in in those two contests. It's pretty pretty spectacular.
3: Yeah, and and I know a lot of people will immediately go, oh, Ezekiel Elliott. And I will say Miami's offensive line has been nothing short of spectacular since they got healthy. But I'm under no delusion that anybody in the NFL has a better offensive line than, than the Dallas Cowboys. It's Let's face it, Ezekiel is a special talent. Uh, he's, he's shown that already. But I, I'm pretty sure before getting a debilitating injury,
2: Either you or
3: I could rush for about four yards of carry behind that Dallas offensive line. They're that good.
2: So yeah, it's, it's,
1: I
3: mean, I,
2: I in
1: fact
3: I forgot game. about
1: Zeke Elliott in that equation too. I, and I'll say Jay Jay in the AFC. I mean, it's it's hard to find a better running back uh, than him right now. Zeke Elliott is to me on a different plane than everybody. Uh, in the NFL, given even with the Cowboys offensive line. I mean, we're talking MVP-type material. Good for Dallas, good for Dak Prescott, and uh, I thought it was a classy move this past week, too. Tony Romo really comes out in the media, gets ahead of the story, and and gives up that starting job to Dak Prescott. Um, very classy move. Anyway, getting off subject a little bit, uh, looking at the offensive line, Paul Brandon Albert expected to miss the next two or three weeks. Laramie Tunzel will slide over to that left tackle spot. Craig Urbic should be starting at left guard. Anthony Steen will get some reps at those guard spots along the way. Uh, a concern for you, or is this a natural progression uh, with Laramie Tunzel moving eventually full time to the left to that left tackle spot?
3: I'll say it's a minor concern, and, and really, it doesn't have anything to do with, with Tunsil. Um, I really like what I've seen at Tunsil when he's gotten in at left tackle, but my only concern there is if Tunsil were to go down with an injury, that's where I get concerned, right? When Brandon Albert's healthy and with Tunsil next to him, Brandon Albert goes down, Tunsil kicks out, I'm fine with Urbic or Steen coming in. They've done a, a fantastic job when called upon. My biggest concern is we don't really have anybody else on the team that can plug and play a left tackle. I, I know people will point at Juwan James. I won't. It, it's That's the scariest prospect to me is it, really we don't have a plug and play that can take Tunsil's spot if he goes out, say, with dehydration issues like he did a few weeks ago. It, it, that's when yeah. it gets scary. It, that's it the only will concern will be for me there.
1: It'll be scary in that front. Another thing that factors in, Robert Quinn, it's kind of do-or-die time for him tomorrow. If he practices, he should play. If he doesn't, he probably won't. He's expected to be going up against Laramie Tunzel in a pretty important matchup. Uh, otherwise, uh, you know, the Dolphins are facing a, def- a team where their defensive ends are not quite healthy. It was a couple weeks ago with the Jets where he had the problems with Sheldon Richardson Uh, in mohammed wilkerson and now you're starting to see some similar trends going on here with the rams Um, robert quinn great football player but um, was hospitalized this past week hopefully he's okay he had the brain tumor condition years ago and uh, hopefully this isn't related to it he was hospitalized with something not really to my understanding related to football so Hopefully he's okay, but um, questionable for this weekend. And if that's the case, it takes a lot of pressure off Laramie Tunzel. And, you know, when I've seen Tunzel at left tackle, I think he's done a heck of a job. I wouldn't be surprised at all given that Brandon Albert, you can save $6.5 million by cutting him, and he's going to be 33 that, you, that, the, that the Dolphins do that here at the end of the year. Paul, what other matchups uh, stick out for
3: you? I'm really looking to see if uh, Donald Butler can can kind of get his head out of his ass and contain the edge uh, because Gurley, uh, while he has had some difficulties this year, he does have the propensity to break a big run. And if, if Butler is able to give him the edge, that that definitely is worrisome for me. Um, the other one that I'm looking at is probably going to be Tony Lippitt. Uh, we saw some of the fruit of the progress that he's had last week. Um, they're going to be going up against Jared Goff. As we talked about already, if if he gets turned into a chuck and duck and lip, it really does continue to make progress here. It could be a really great day for the secondary. It could be a really great day for Kiko Alonzo in the middle and guys like Johnny Jenkins are going to be dropping back in coverage. We could see another four or five interception game if the defensive line is able to do what I think it's going to be able to do in this game. So that's going to be huge. It's all over that defense is really what I'm looking at and seeing what they can do, given what the defense line should be able to in this game. Yeah. I, I'm
1: looking at a few matchups myself. Uh, the Rams are defensively are one of those teams that play almost exclusively that, that four-two-five defense, five defense uh, with Alec Ogletree and Mark Barron in the middle. These, these are linebackers who are not very big, but cover a lot of ground. And because of that, that enables the Rams to, uh, play five defensive backs a lot, specifically with cornerback Lamarcus Joyner if he's healthy enough to play this game. Ryan Tannehill has to be aware that this is going to be a defense in the back seven that is very unlike a lot of, of defensive formations that he's faced all year. Dolphins also have to watch out for the trap game here because, you know, even though it's a rookie quarterback, the good and the bad on that is that. There's not a lot of film for the Dolphins to look at on Jared Goff, so he could come out swinging if he's really ready. So Dolphins are looking for their fifth victory in a row against a rookie quarterback, would really take the wind out of their sails if if they don't complete this task to get to that 6-4 and record. Um, So, Paul, taking a look at these matchups and everything we've talked about, what's your prediction for the Rams versus Dolphins this weekend? Honestly, I,
3: I think everything is aligning beautifully for the dolphins and barring Miami getting the same officiating crew they had last week I, I just view this as being an absolute bloodbath i'm actually going to take this as 35 to 10 miami and it could be worse
1: i'm going to go with 24 to 10 dolphins uh, this is a game where if the dolphins come out offensively and think hey we've put up you know over the last 4 weeks 30, 28, 27, and 31 points, we're going to come out against the Rams and we're going to get ahead, and then we're going to pound this rookie quarterback. I think that could end up backfiring because the Rams are a very opportunistic defense if you try to play them that way. Um, I think they'll come out and they'll lean on them, lean on them, lean on them, get some res- mistakes out of the rookie quarterback, and the Dolphins win the game 24-10. to 10. Uh, Paul, any anything else you'd like to include before we call it a night?
3: Uh, I just wanted- there are a couple things out there for some of the fan clubs and stuff that that they have going on. I know there's the Northern Virginia or Nova dolphins. Um, they just made an announcement today. They've actually moved locations from the mellow mushroom, um, in Herndon and they're moving down to Sullivan's Irish pub on Eldon street. Uh, so if you happen to be in that area, they're a great group to watch a game with go and give Rick a big hug and a kiss on the cheek. Uh, he'll love it. Um, Definitely make sure you take a look at the MetLife Takeover stuff. I know that's going on here in a little less than a month now, which is crazy that it's creeping up that quickly. Um, but take a look at what they've got going on with Dolphins NYC. Go to DolphinsNYC.com. And I know Solo D, who obviously is a good friend of the show, does our, our opening music and everything else for us. He's got a group getting together for what they're calling the Baltimore Beatdown. So go to MiamiSportsMusic.com, go to their Facebook page, and check out what's going on with that for the Baltimore game. Great group of fans. I saw Tom Garfinkel uh, recognize some of the NorCal Dolph fan crew out there in the California this weekend. So it was pretty cool to see. Um, and yeah, man, it's, it's all these fan clubs are great to watch because if you get a chance, go check shit out with them because they're absolutely great.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's inevitable at this point that that week 15 game uh, is going to be a big one for the dolphins until then they have at LA, 49ers at home, two games. We really do expect them to win to get to that seven and four level. Then you've got some pretty, uh, two pretty tough games at Baltimore and the Arizona Cardinals at home. Um, say the Dolphins split those, eight and five at that point. Going into the going into MetLife Stadium, um, definitely have to come away with a victory at that point so that you can set yourself up to be nine and five or ten and four heading into the to the the last two games, but. I'm getting ahead of myself uh, on that. Paul and I both predict Dolphins victories, and we will end on that note. And as Brian Miller used to say, if it's not on the right side and it's not on the left side, it is on the fence
2: side. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fence side. It ain't the left side or the right side. the land all tuning in to see what Brian, Cat and Paul about to do again. We rep our team, you can't change, stop or ruin it. All we need is to figure what to do to win. ready, Radio, live and direct. Win or lose, we're showing up for every contest. No puppet talk, it's all raw and unfiltered. Voice of the fans when the season looks peculiar. Rockin' aqua on over here then you familiar every week they come and do our speakers to fulfill the crap we have to hear about our team and all the latest news vets the rookies trying to make the team paying dues current players and alumni interviews city to city state to state follow the moves call the hotline dolphins talk set to go
0: and view our weekly flyer on Menards.com for more great deals.